coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Hour number two, old school, brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Sand Hills Global is looking to fill hundreds of new openings in sales, traveling, sports, software development, web design, and more. Career and internship opportunities are available at the Global Headquarters in Lincoln. Apply today at sandhills.jobs. Okay, let me give full disclaimer. If I seem distracted in the next for the next 30 minutes. DP broke himself. My elbow may be broke. It sounded now. I wasn't <laughs> sure because you you hit the, the edge. It sounded like you broke the wood, but that's really solid wood. <laughs> <laughs> so that sound might have been your elbow. So if something <laughs> broke, it was, <laughs> there was a small snapping sound. <laughs> right. Jay, is that a a fair description? Yeah, it was. Uh, <laughs> it was painful to hear. Yeah, DP might need Jimmy John surgery. I. I Bruh, like, oh, so I have no feeling in my pinky and the, my is index. Is it still? Finger. Oh. So I have no feeling in it, and it's just running DP up and is, down. DP's right arm is done for. It's running right up and down <laughs> my right arm, and I'm going to try to muscle through, but, man, uh, that was not good. That was, yeah, it was not. Uh, that was not good. Just literally and sitting look, down. It's just, you ain't ready like, for it. Like, the sound, like, made me, like, close my hand. Like, <laughs> like I right. immediately just went, oh. Yeah. I, I don't know. Like, this is one of those ones where, I, you know, when I when I popped my bicep, mm-hmm. I knew right away. And I just made the call. This one, I'm, like, I have no feeling in yeah. these two fingers. And so, just from hitting the elbow. And yeah, that wasn't, that wasn't a funny bone. That was uh, no, that was real, real. So some, if, uh, if, some bone. If yeah. I if I if I go quiet for a minute, I'm just in my happy place. I'm trying to get to my got to find a place. My my happy place. Uh, there are three games tonight. Send us your medical diagnosis <laughs> on Sarder Heyman yeah. text line. Yeah, what, Give us a call. Hunter what did Lincoln I Holland. break? What did yeah. I do? Four zero two four six four five six eight five. All of you doctors <laughs> out there, if I smash my elbow at full speed against rock solid. It's just the edge of like where the window, like a ninety degree wooden edge, and I just, I mean, and it was a full on like home run swing, like you know when you take a couple twigs and you snap them, mm. that's what it sounded like. <laughs> right. So if that helps anybody with their medical diagnosis, it wasn't the wood, right? And it's certainly, and it's running from my shoulder, the joint of my shoulder, to my, to my two fingers. fingertips. To the two, two the two outside ones, so, the pinky and the ring finger. I'm just like trying. To, it's giving me that 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 thing, right? So that runner. We Jay lost. knows that. Yeah. It's not. It's not. It's not a stinger, but it. If the stinger stayed, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> that's, like called a, that's called a reminder. <laughs> 
Like it's not. Oh my god! Sit down as carefully as possible. Right. Like it's just no wonder Simple sits in the middle. Right. There you go. All it does is take one time. Right. Like all like Simple's a genius. Like he was like he's gonna get those pool noodles. So just right. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Just put them right. We got a baby. We got a baby. We got a baby proof studio. Just right there on the boundary, man. And I thought it'd be for me. Nope. Nope. It's for. Like, I'm trying not to curse. Like, really? <laughs> like, that was... I'll give myself credit. I didn't curse. You or didn't. did I? Uh, or did I? No, you did. Right. You did. <laughs> no, you did. Yeah, you did. It was it'd, be, it'd be worse you if you didn't. And you were like, you were like damn. And then, you, and then you stood up, and then you cursed. Yeah. <laughs> Dusty oh. says... What up, DP? Are you hurt or are you injured? I am injured. This is <laughs> right. This is injured. Yeah, this is it. This is what are you are. Are you going in the injury reserve or are you just out for it? Are you on a day to day? Oh, this is. Uh, I'll get through. I'm Game a, time you know, decision. I, yeah, right. It just you know if if it gets worse than this, any worse than this, I'll tap. <laughs> I'll tap <laughs> with that hand because you're tap with that. <laughs> Curtis and Lincoln says a ligament or tendon tear. Yeah. Which that's cool. That that's always fun because look, I've already I've got scars up and down that I've got pins and plates all all around that let's anyway. Ahead, so let's go ahead right. and give you a nice little sling. That's kind of what I'm imagining. Which, quite frankly, is more miserable. Slings are awful. Slings, like I would rather be on crutches than in in a sling. Because I feel restricted, like mm-hmm. fully restricted. Especially oh, when no. it's your dominant hand. I was in a sling no, for. I ain't, I ain't trying to be a no, no I was crutches. in a sling for a week in high school when I dislocated my shoulder. Like I had to wait. No, no way. When I tore the, the bicep, I, I coached the so we did it on the last practice of the season, literally the last practice, and then I had to coach a game the next night with my arm in a sling because they couldn't do the surgery yet. Right. And so I had to switch positions with my with my coach my assistant right. coach i'm like okay you got to give signals at first at, at third base you got to you got to call the plays and he's like uh, i can't do it the way you do it like right. you do it fast and nobody knows what you're saying and i'm like okay then i would just hold out numbers yeah, <laughs> yeah. You gotta always... do man. I willie says you have tennis elbow that's uh, no that, that would you heard that that's, that's not great like I, I don't know what tennis elbow is, but um, that don't seem like it. Also known as lateral epicondylitis, is a condition in which the outer part of the elbow becomes painful and tender. The pain may also extend to the back of the forearm, and grip strength may be weak. That's what you have, but this is due to continual use. Yeah, no, this is a one-time WTF moment. Instant. Yeah. <laughs> Instant tennis elbow. This is, yeah, you hit the you hit the small nerve. This is the impact. This is an impact injury. This is a, like a full contact injury. This is not a wasn't a displacement. Just rub some dirt on it. You'll be you'll be fine. All right. Um, so Rico, who who were your three picks last night? Who I chose you? the Pelicans' leading scorer according to Jay Foreman, and apparently oh, the don't NBA. bring me into your misery, man. CJ McCollum. <laughs> <laughs> don't bring me into. I'm blaming. I'm blaming yeah. you. Are you 13? I'm blaming you. Yes. I'm blaming you. Yes, he is. Sorry about it. Yes, he is. He really is. I picked CJ McCollum, Trey Young, and what was the other game? Uh, Phoenix. Yeah. No, that was because I was Phoenix Pelicans. So you picked Trey, Ja, and McCollum. Ja. I got Ja right. 
And you missed on, on, on Ice and McCullough. Yeah, because Jimmy Butler decided to go off for 47 or whatever. Sanderson said Butler, Anthony Edwards, wrong. and Booker. Mm, he only got one wrong. Sorry, Sanderson. Yeah. Well, no. No, he got two wrong. He got two wrong. Anthony Edwards. No, he got Booker and Butler. No, Booker wasn't the lead scorer, right? Yeah, he was. He had 47. Mm-mm. Mm-mm. Or no, not 47. No. You're thinking oh, no, you're Butler. right. No, you're right. You're right. No, he got Butler, right? I mean, we had you know we had several people. I had some people who were way off, way off. They picked people that weren't even in the top five on their team. Uh, 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 we had a guy pick. pick uh, he picked uh, Hero, Cat, and Book. And I was like, it was an over. You can't count on Big Cat to do anything, right? So, Hero is is hit or miss. Like Rico, you're o for two, man. I like, am. You, you, you do just, some studying, Rico. Here's your chance. Now, so, I'm, I'm, I'm 0 for 2, but I've gotten at least one right. I got two I can right guarantee the first time you the leading scorer in that net Celtics game is going to be Kevin Durant. That's it, a guarantee. It won't be. Yes, it will. It won't be. Oh, okay. They're in They're in Brooklyn, right? I don't care where they're at. This is this is how we're going to look. Kevin Durant is going to be the leading scorer. It's not going to be Kevin Durant. So they're in Boston. It's in Brooklyn Boston. and Nets. Who are you taking, it's Rico? It's that leprechaun. Who you t- it's the leprechaun. It's leprechaun. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we have to talk about the, the, the Showtime show again because it's, 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 it's in the news today. So it's in, oh yeah, I know. Jerry, it's in the Jerry, news. Jerry West got his lawyers and stuff. Yeah, so I'm stuck between Kyrie and and Jalen Brown. I think I'm gonna go with Kyrie. Jay, who who are you? I'm going go with? Kevin Durant. He's going Durant. All right, all right. Uh, Sixers Raptors in Toronto. Mm, so so Thibault can't play. Somebody from <laughs> Toronto is gonna go off. Gary Trent is somebody from is Toronto the guy goes that I'm off at home. But I think Joel Embiid continues his his streak. <laughs> I'm going James Harden because he ain't done tiddly poo, and this is going to be a game he's going to go it's off. It's the playoffs. He's he's not going to do tiddly poo. He's going to have one game, Maybe. and then they're going to like he'll oh, have one game where he'll score thirty on fifty shots. Yeah, and this will be the game because they're going to win by twenty again. I got Joel Embiid. Okay, it's going to be interesting. Text line, you guys can give me your three top scores. Let's see who. Although Gary Trent's probably going to be like second lead. And you can put him on Twitter. That way that way we can keep track of him. That way you can't say that on the text line you said something in the next day and disappear. You can shoot that tweet out again. Right, you disappear. Uh, Bulls, Bucks, and Milwaukee. Chris Middleton. Ooh, Giannis. He at home. He's going to go smooth off. See, so I think that's how Giannis, that Harden, Durant. All right, he loaded it up. Middleton, Embiid, Kyrie. Durantula. So through through, what does New Orleans win in Phoenix tell you? Scott Foster. The <laughs> <laughs> no. Devin Booker, the Devin Booker got hurt, and the first game wasn't indicative of how this series could go because you know the play-in game you see like with Atlanta the you know they, they're way more competitive Pelicans um oddly enough the Timberwolves played excellent in the first game because you know I think they hadn't they don't have they, they they were evenly matched up against Memphis and I think Memphis um is still trying to adjust to jaw getting back because they were actually playing really well without without him but Memphis obviously put it on them. But I think that playing game really wore some teams out, especially, you know, 
a Pelicans team. But listen here, when you got CJ, McC- when you got shooters, mm-hmm. where you got shooters and scores, where Brandon Ingram is a score, uh, um, and you got McCollum that's a shooter, the big fella that got torched um, by DeAndre Ayton the first game, and and it was just purely on him one on one defense. People glossed over that he had twenty twenty three rebounds. And then he immediately and he's a good player. Mm-hmm. You know, he's not an all star, but he's a he's a right below an all star. Um you see they established him really early. And one thing that, that really st- stuck with me was New Orleans out rebounded Phoenix in the first game. Mm-hmm. And and then Crowder didn't do anything, right? They tried to get him off early. Nothing no go. So when a team can rebound and you got two legitimate scores, there is no night off for Phoenix. Now, I think Phoenix eventually will win, especially if Devin Booker gets healthy, but it ain't going to be as easy as a one But what, one if Booker isn't, what if Booker isn't healthy? Oh, then they in trouble. Then they in trouble because, you know, Booker, he'll be able to come back within, say, like game four. He might miss three. Mm-hmm. It's only a matter of time before CP3 gets hurt. He's going to either, like, break a pinky, go into the mailbox – you know what I mean? Have like he didn't a, get hurt last playoffs, didn't he? Yes, he did. He missed the game in the yeah. in the finals. Yeah. Oh, you're right. And right then the, remember, right the remember when they had Golden State when he was with Houston down? They they were up three one, and he pulled a hamstring. Like remember, I think they were the on TV was like over. like the how do you pull a over. hamstring? And it was the last like twenty five. They were up, they were up last, three one. Like, yeah, last twenty five seconds of the like the game. Yep. And you fully pull your hamstring so much that you can't play in Game Seven. It would would have changed the, his, the, the course of NBA history. It would have changed the course of NBA history. It would have changed the course of his legacy, which Harden's is legacy. Hard, Harden's Does Harden legacy. leave Houston? No, that the group. CP, that group that they they still stay together. Yeah. Oh. Mike D'Antonio is still there, and he has an NBA championship. So maybe it's <laughs> you know I watched that. Uh, just and that's a little exactly bit why of, it didn't happen. I watched. <laughs> There's no way we I watched a little bit of the 30 for 30 of Greg Norman, which is phenomenal because he's always been snake bit. He's a, you know, if you golfing fans out there, he's been close and he's lost some big tournaments and he made his name for him being super aggressive. Um, and he was the number, he was, it was Jack and then him, he was very dominant, but they were talking about how he lost the masters <laughs> and this was his time. This is the one that he, 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 he was winning, and then Nick Faldo just kind of plucked his way in all the way in. Like they said, the story is Nick Faldo showed up on the first tee and, you know, did their pleasantries and didn't talk to him or anybody for the whole rest of the round. That's how focused he was. Locked in. <laughs> but, you know, when you think about CP3 and you think of Greg Norman, which Greg Norman's won plenty of, you know, won majors, but he could have definitely won a few more. Um, you know, when you get a chance to win championships, it's a lot different. I mean, and – and that moment and is not – everybody's not built for that moment. Yeah, and I don't think CP3 would – like, plays bad in that moment. He's just had a lot of bad luck as far as, like, weird injuries. Yeah, like it's – There's just something he did to the basketball gods where he's not allowed to win a championship. Well, he created a split personality, and that, that's – he has to pay for But he gets the – But he gets the – he gets the, He gets this weird – the weirdest – pulled hamstring. Then I think last year he had the hand – then he had or the wrist, and mm-hmm. then he did a year before he had the hand. It's always he just An like ankle, ankle, or yeah. So it's always odd timing. It's I mean, I the, that leads me to the other question. New Orleans has this success as they have it. They mess around and beat beat Phoenix. What what is going through 
big man's mind right now? Zion? Like, yeah, what is he right well, now the he rumor, should be. So the 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 rumors going around now is he is he is healthy enough to play and he wants to play, but the Pelicans are playing so well without him right now that they don't want to play. Well, that's that's my point. Yeah. Well, he wants this changes he, this. Like, it's not that he's he's injured and he can't play. It's he's good to go. But they're like, you know what? We're doing good right now. Well, you got to think from their perspective, they could they didn't hear from you for like a month. Mm-hmm. You were grossly overweight, and then. You start catching some heat, then you start to really rehab, then you had to set back, and then you start doing some stuff, and then there was a time that when New Orleans was struggling, you didn't want to play, yeah. and you really didn't need to play. You yeah. were the franchise, until the Lakers just fully imploded, you didn't expect them to make the playoffs, so then they make the playoffs, but then all of a sudden now you want to play, it'd be the risk versus reward, because as great as the victory was for them to win last night, the brass at New Orleans is like we're, we we probably won't win the series. Why risk getting him hurt again? Well, I don't know if it's a risk getting him hurt, but why mess it up at all? Like this is the great humbling that that, that most organizations well, want. That, for the that's a part of it too, but I think the bigger part of the decision is: do we risk him, and then we have hopefully a whole off season where you can continue along with getting healthier, getting in better shape, and start fresh with him added to what we're doing. You got a nice little nucleus if you have C.J. McCollum, Ingram, and Zion. The hard hard part is going to figure out a way to you know play around their each their games, right? And mm-hmm. it, you can do that. I think is if they I all mean, take if they take the right mindset. But I think a little bit is risk versus re- reward, and also we've done this without you, and get in line. You, you did not want to participate when it looked very very ugly. Yeah, get in line. Get in line. And it's a, it might be a really good thing for him because well because it can't because it, it can't be his team now no like, until he, until he proves it like he, it can't be his well, yeah. I mean, well even it. then it's going to be rough taking taking quote unquote the team from Brandon Ingram no and it really does that but does I, you, Zion doesn't strike me as a as a person that's ready for him to be the guy mm-hmm. media attention expectations work work. So this is actually really good for him, and if he really embraces it, you know, if, a, if you want a perfect example of a guy that's not ready to be like on LeBron status, KD status, Kyrie, like with the expectations every night that you go out there, they expect an excellent performance. Look at Ben Simmons. I mean, straight I'm ready up. For it. I, I, it's amazing how much, how many of these guys carry fragile egos and well, low be, self-esteem. Well, because it, it, what you got to think, DP, all through growing up, Zion has never stepped on a basketball court any with anybody that was equal to him. Mm-hmm. Um, I know he's a very coachable kid, you know, because you don't do well at, at Duke. And he's a, actually a good kid because he was he was very – even when he was Duke, he'd always mention his other teammates and he played with other great players. But now you're really playing against grown men, so you're not – you're, well, you, you, he even was at, always even, the most athletic on the court, and people in college up. a lot of times played scared against him. Yeah, NBA because you get it's the it was the media attention, it was the right. cameras, it was and the dunks it was and you, the, yeah, I you mean, saw you, the highlights, you right. saw him putting everybody on posters, you saw him blocking people, jumping from the paint to the I three mean, point he was line, selling out AAU tournament game championship games. They were moving it from like high school gyms to small college arenas, mm-hmm. and now here you are down in New Orleans with all the expectations. And you ain't going on the floor against anybody that's scared of you. No. Is the one saving grace that Ingram is also a Duke guy? 
common thread. Yeah, and, 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 and his personality isn't very um, abrasive to other players. You know, um, which I, they said was 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 good sometimes, but not good other times. Right when he was young, I mean, he was learning. I mean, you got to think Brandon Ingram. He He's never averaged twenty young. points ever, like until like now. You got to think in high school he didn't average twenty. But the one thing that also really uh, rang was when J.J. Redick talked about when he played with Zion that he didn't know how to be a good teammate. And that's also – and see, there's two ways that you're not a good teammate. One is because you're an a-hole, but the second one is you, you, you're you not welcoming the expectations and it becomes too much, so you just kind of like excuse, ex, you know, excuse yourself and you kind of go off and do your own thing. Mm-hmm. And then you got to think – he might not have the best people around him giving him advice. You know what I mean? On how to and be a professional. And we don't know who those people are around him. No. I mean, and Somebody's- it's, everything's a guesstimation now because he's, he's literally been either injured pretty much a season and a half. Right? We, we, always, yeah. we always say that, that, that you understand that every player is being led by somebody. Then the question becomes who? And that's often when people talk about the intangible stuff, it's you don't know who this player is listening to the loudest, the most. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And, and a lot of times they're not ma- they're not uh giving you advice for the betterment of you and just something for the that just of them. Yep, yeah, it, yeah. that just popped the Marcus Dupree story was on right before Greg Norman. And his pastor, the greatest it never was. His pastor was a dude that was when he went to the USFL was supposed to be taking care of his affairs and pretty much was just pocketing everything. And then his pastor was the one that was telling him he told him he should leave Oklahoma and go to Mississippi State. Well, he he would never was eligible to play. Pastor, right? His now pastor Barry Switzer said that he probably one his one of his biggest regrets is the way that he coached Marcus Dupree. But I think that. Because, you know, he coached him hard, you mm-hmm. know. And, yeah, I think Marcus Dupree comes in, Billy Sims and all those guys have been like, dude, you just you just one of the guys. It's just like Mike Rozier and Lawrence Phillips. Like, mm-hmm. you know, Amir Abdullah can't come here thinking that you need more preferential treatment than those guys. Well, but he'd already received it because of the stuff that everybody threw at him. Right. But at the end of the day, you got to have people around you to say, hey, listen, pump the brakes. It's not as bad as you think. This is the best situation for you and in order for you to be successful – Short term and long term, you got to see this through. How many people, and we, we, and I think we need to talk about it more often. How many people actually have somebody who have been in the situations that Marcus Dupree was going to be put in? He didn't have anybody, no points of reference for how to handle somebody leaving a bag full of full of hundred dollar yeah. bills at your door I just, I just think or a new car. Like think about, it. I, mean, yeah. I, I, mean, I know I didn't have anybody. Nobody that, that, did, but sometimes you know that. I mean. Everybody always I always tell people that the people that are close to you are the ones that are going to rip you off. Oh, there's there's no question. That's my that's because li- they, they that's- because they know how you think. They got the emotional advantage of some guy that say like you know say like if you're Derek Pearson, you're going to be a first round pick at Nebraska, right? And say you just came here from Virginia, you're a first round pick. You're not going to most likely get bamboozled by the guy that comes up to you at Target or High V and saying, "Hey, I want to." You know, start this new, uh, you know, business where we can live forever. It's your family. It's usually your family. Family, and so, family, community. Those, right. are, those are the people that that that's how that works. But that's why I, I'm, I'm. Sub- there are way more Marcus Dupree's than we talk about. 
There's because, a ton. Because there's so many people who get access. And it's different from where you're raised, social, um, social economic, economic yep. uh, background. Like you saw the it, house it, that he lived in. Right. It, I mean, it's totally different because, you know, everybody's trying to, you know, bite it. It's almost like, you know, uh, Michael Beasley talked about this mm-hmm. as an NBA player. Mm-hmm. He's like everybody, you know, he, he his analogy was like he was like a piece of meat and everybody just biting off of him and he's not getting a bite. So then you feel like you're going to work for other people. Then it becomes not fun. Then you have some. Then you start to doubt yourself, you know, and all that stuff he was talking about. There's there's a ton, and then the easy thing is for people to say, oh well, he had an opportunity, didn't make it work. Well, let's let's just let's peel this thing back here. And I'm not getting into, you know, too deep of it, but but, but, we but, should. but well, you should <laughs> because it, as a coach, right? As a coach, now, as a coach, regardless of who you're coaching, you can't you have to coach some kids different because if I'm going to coach Marcus Dupree without a father figure, there's more of an obligation there. Mm-hmm. There has to be. If you really are coaching, you really care about your players and you have to really hold his hand a little bit through things. And, and, and now on the field is different versus off the field. But if you look at somebody that's uh, so, okay, let's just, and this is might be a way, way out of the world example, but look at Peyton Manning, right? So he grew up with Archie Manning as his dad that's went through the grind very successful business person and very, very high profile in his own right when he played, right? Married and all that other stuff. So as he comes into stardom and money, he's already seen it in the dinner table. Like you're sitting around here talking, right? Versus say like Marcus Dupree. And another example is if you've seen the thing with John Randall. Yeah. You know, and I was a ball boy when John Randall was there. I, John Randall was, you know, he had a, uh, he was married and had a, a kid and is a free agent was, you know, taking food from, you know the training table during training camp to feed his you know wife and kid and he didn't he was a free agent trying to make weight just to make the team they talked about there's you know know. so it's totally different versus you know i remember a a center that we had named adam scribner who actually played 12 years he played with the falcons when they you know um upset minnesota and all that stuff and he was a viking whereas you know, highly educated, very, very smart. You know what I'm saying? I think he went to Virginia, one of those type of schools. But you could just see when he walked in, everything everything that he did, he always had, you know, dress shirt, suit, you know, like, you know, sport coat and everything like that versus, you know, John Randall's his, his, part of his clothing was, attire was whatever, was, the, Vikings whatever the Vikings was giving him. You get what I'm saying? So it's totally different. And as a coach and as, as players, and, and then also we're talking about Zion – now, where these guys are able to be, have access to bigger money at a younger age, you got to think these guys are signing NAI deals at 17, 18 years old. And they don't know how to handle money. Um, so they're, they're, you know, they, they have like, a, they're going to always kind of be able to kind of recover. But when, when you're so focused on that type of stuff and not your career, it, it's totally different. It's just like when I was called in with Vershawn with Bud versus, you know, Bud strikes me as a guy as a legacy guy. You get what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Where he's like, I want when he wants to be say 45 and 0 and people say, you know what? That dude is actually the dude that actually fought everybody in their prime. He wanted to fight everybody in their prime. He is quietly one of the best of all time versus saying, okay, well, I want to fight DP, you know, not five years later when I know I can beat him. You know what I'm saying? And can make him the most money and make me the most money and do the less work. Buzz, like, I want both. It's There's so much to this. Well, okay, so we'll take a break, and we'll come back. I think that's a, a, a good place to stop. But 
we'll revisit because there's so much oh, to that's, the story. It's so. a it's a deep deep dive, especially at, you know, and it varies. Um, and I, I know we got going to break. It varies from university to others. I got friends that are probably more in the media than me that uh, definitely uh, you know have a different experience. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.